This episode is brought to you by my signature program, Play Cafe Academy, and my group coaching program, Playmaker Society. If you want to learn more about how you can become a member in either program, head to the show notes or episode description wherever you are listening. Not only do my programs give you the complete blueprint to get from daydream to opening day in your play-based business, it will also teach you how to operate profitably and live the life that you truly dreamed of when you decided to launch this business. So head to the show notes and I look forward to welcoming you inside of my programs. If you own or manage an indoor play center or really any business that serves local kids and families, and you want to operate with more ease and joy all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for small but mighty tips every weekday that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play-based business. All right, Playmakers. So as I'm recording this, it is officially the first day of summer. And a topic that always comes up around this time of year inside of Playmaker Society, which is my membership for indoor playground owners, is seasonal hours. So in today's episode, I'm actually going to share a clip from a YouTube video that I did where I not only talk about seasonal hours, but I also talk about how to really effectively choose your hours in your indoor playground business in general. So without further ado, here is a clip from that YouTube video. And don't forget, subscribe to my YouTube channel. I put out a lot of original content over there. There are tours, there are tips, there are strategies, there are tutorials. So go to the show notes after you listen to this episode and check out my YouTube channel and don't forget to subscribe. All right, here's the clip where I share my tips on choosing your indoor playground business hours. So let's get into opening hours. And my inspiration for this video, again, was somebody inside of Play Cafe Academy. They kind of said, um, they posted a graphic with their Play Cafe hours. They're not yet open, but they're just putting together their business plan, coming up with things like that. And they kind of said, you know, what do you think of these hours? And the hours were a little bit inconsistent. So every single day was different, Monday through Friday. They were closed on Sundays. And everybody just started kind of throwing in their perspective because we have so many great minds inside of that group. But I kind of said, you know, back up, wait a second, because a lot of people were saying, you know, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. But I said, you know, let's back up a little bit and let's talk this out because I knew that there was some reasoning behind these hours. So I said, you know, I don't want to call this person out at all, but I said, you know, what is your business decision behind these hours. Where did you come up with these? Did you just kind of pull them out of thin air? Because I know a lot of people are dealing with lease restrictions. So sometimes you have to share parking lots and that comes into play. Or um, sometimes you need to accommodate specific groups. Or one of the questions that I asked this person was, hey, do you plan on working full-time at the cafe yourself? And that's maybe why you chose these hours to give yourself a little bit of flexibility on the day-to-day. And that's why the hours are so inconsistent. And they kind of said, you know, there really was no decision-making process behind these hours. I just kind of threw out a poll on Facebook, on the Facebook page that I've been working on for my business. And this is what people wanted, right? They wanted a variety. They wanted me to be open super early. They wanted me to be open late some days. Um, But there was really no thought process um, 
in terms of a business decision, it was really just kind of a crowdsourced uh, hours. And I kind of said, well, okay, back up because there are some decisions that are really fun to crowdsource. Like for example, if you want to name your special event, or if you want to choose between three logos or something like that, you know, that is all in good fun. And I think it's really great to involve your community and your potential customers. I think it really creates a great vibe with your support system. But ours is one of the most important decisions that you're going to make when it comes to formulating your plan for your indoor playground business. So this is not something that you want to crowdsource. You really want to make sure that you think about, I have seven points here that I'm going to kind of give you to think about when it comes to de determining your hours, but it really has to come from a business decision because again, it's going to determine how many people find you for open play, how many parties you book, what your emphasis is going to be in terms of how you're going to actually make your money it can have really big implications on the success of your business. So it is not something that you want to crowdsource because unfortunately, the reality of the situation is, and I tell people this all the time, is that people, especially your potential customers, are going to really expect everything from you. They're going to expect the world and they're going to try to have you be open as early as possible. They're going to want you to be open as late as possible. And there's really no guarantee that these people engaging on your Facebook page are going to get up at 7 a.m. if they want you to open then. There's no guarantee that they're going to buy one of your memberships or book one of your parties. So something that I tell people is that people are always going to ask for the world. They're going to ask for you to be open all the time. They're going to ask for you to have the lowest prices possible. They're going to ask to have as many accommodations as possible. And there's no guarantee that these people are going to actually support your business. So that's one of the reasons why I just, again, choose to go about this a little bit differently. So again, I have seven points that I kind of want you to consider when you're thinking about hours and things like that. So number one, and this is most important, what is going to be your main stream of revenue? Because this is going to have a big impact on your hours. So as I mentioned, this person said that they were going to be closed on Sundays, yet one of their main three sources of revenue is going to be birthday parties. And I kind of said, you know, it's okay if you want a day off, but this person said that she planned on having a full staff. So she wasn't going to just be relying on herself to accommodate these hours. So I said, you know, Sunday was was really our big birthday party day. And we did parties from 10 to 12, 1.30 to 3.30, and 4.45 to 6.45 all throughout our busy season and even throughout our slow season. I don't think there was one single time that a morning Sunday party slot went unbooked. That was a huge fan favorite of ours. So I kind of said, listen, if you're going to prioritize parties and that's going to be in your top three revenue streams, I would really highly consider changing those hours on Sunday. Now, there are a couple exceptions to this rule. So some people live in very overly, I don't want to say overly, but very religious uh, towns where the whole town kind of shuts down on Sundays for church and things like that. So if that's the case, and that is an exception to the rule, but 99 times out of 100, Sunday is going to be a huge party day. Now, if you don't want to plan on focusing on parties, if you want to do a membership-based business and you want to be open for open play instead on Sundays, or if you instead want to focus on classes and ticketed events, I still, Sunday is a huge family day. That's kind of the day where everyone is looking for something to do. Um, again, as a family, so I would highly recommend against closing completely on Saturday or Sunday because that is going to be your biggest uh, revenue generating day for really regardless of which revenue stream you choose. But if you're going to be accommodating, let's say, 
kids between the ages of zero and four, and you're going to be a membership-based business. So we're taking parties out of the picture. That's going to be kind of a secondary or a tertiary, tertiary <laughs> stream of revenue. Um, it's not going to be your first stream of revenue if you're going to be a membership-based business um, for kids that are under school-aged. Then sure, maybe you'll want to be open earlier on Monday through Friday and open later Monday through Friday. And by later, I mean like four o'clock. We really didn't see a lot of people, especially that younger age coming in after four o'clock. It was really the kids that had got out of school around three o'clock that were coming between the hours of four and seven. So we did experiment with later hours, but because we really focused on the under four age group, it just really didn't work out. Um, even working parents just did not want their younger kids out that late, um, especially in the winter time when it gets dark earlier and everyone's just kind of uh, settling in a little bit earlier for the night. So it really, um, and we're going to get to ages and things like that, but if you're going to be a membership-based business, then you, you're going to want to have open play open as much as possible because people are going to buy memberships only if they perceive them as valuable. And if you're only open from, you know, nine to 11 or nine to one on Monday and Wednesday, and then two to five on Tuesday and Thursday, not only is it going to be hard for those members to develop a routine with your business, because that's something that I did see very frequently with members is they develop a routine. So they come every single day from like nine to nine 30 or nine to 10 o'clock. Members typically stay not quite as long because they're technically visiting for free, right? They're not charged per visit. So generally they would come a lot more often, but they would not stay as long, but they were very routine oriented. So if you are going to be a membership-based business, I would not recommend um, having those mix and match hours during the week, especially if you're focusing on that uh, younger, younger clientele that is not yet in school. So again, number one, you have to first determine your main streams of revenue and make sure your hours reflect that. That's the number one priority when choosing your open hours. All right, number two, how can you be as consistent as possible? This was something that every single owner in Playmaker Society brought up when this person posted these hours um, asking for feedback, is they found that the more consistent their hours are, again, the more people are able to establish routines, so the more memberships they sell, but also it's just easier for people to keep up, right? Because as parents, we're busy people. We have a lot going on in our minds, especially, you know, we're living through a pandemic, um, it's been quite an 18 months and we just don't need one other thing to constantly check. So I found that when our hours were kind of all over the place and not consistent, people just honestly wouldn't bother because a parent's worst nightmare is getting their child ready, having them go to the bathroom, feeding them a snack, packing a diaper bag, and then arriving to their indoor playground destination only to have it be closed because their hours changed or, oh, they're only open afternoons on this day or today isn't their morning hours day. So I would really try to avoid as much as possible doing the some days open in the morning, some days not open in the morning, some days open in the afternoon, some days not open in the afternoon. Again, with the exception being if you offer a wide uh, age of ranges, uh, if you if you accommodate a wide range of ages for open play, like for example, if you have um, a baby area and then also an age, uh, an area for kids that are like seven to 12 or something like that, then it would be a good idea to have at least one night a week be open in the evening because school-aged kids, again, kind of want to get out of the house. They have later bedtimes. They're not available during the day. So it really depends um, on what age you're going to be able to accommodate. But 
again, how can you be as consistent as possible while still staying true to your mainstream of revenue? But that's something that I would highly recommend. Again, even if you post it on Instagram, post it on your website, even if you post your hours on your stories every single day, I promise you people will not pay as close of attention as you hope they do. People will mix up your hours if you're not consistent. If you change your hours seasonally, they're going to complain. They're going to get confused. And it's just going to cause a ton of stress and a ton of work for you, the owner, and your team. Um, and it's also going to make it a lot harder to retain employees if you're constantly changing your open hours. So again, my tip is to be as consistent as possible, especially Monday through Friday, and try not to change your hours seasonally too much unless you have an extremely busy season where people want to play all day long. That's an exception, but again, that's something that you're going to have to kind of learn as you go in your business. All right, the third thing that I want you to consider is will you have a cafe and are you going to count on walk-in traffic that doesn't have kids? So somebody that I bring up all the time, one of our dearest Playmaker Society members is Christine. She is the owner of Sweet Peas Play Cafe in Kokomo, Indiana, and she has an amazing cafe. And she has a ton of walk-in traffic who don't have children. So she does delivery, she does curbside pickup, she does, um, she's open a lot earlier because she does have a strong cafe business. And I think she was saying someone she makes, I'm not going to disclose the amount because she shares that in Playmaker Society, but I was astounded when she told me how much money she was making from her cafe, simply from walk-in traffic because she purchased great equipment. She trains her team really well. They do such a great job there. And another great example is Art Factory and Play Place in um, Virginia. So that is Tal. I visited that play space recently. I took a ton of pictures and videos. I'm going to post some really soon. Um, but she has like a hybrid of a play space and an art studio and a cafe. And just like Christine, she has an amazing stream of walk-in traffic. She's in a very busy area in Virginia. She is right in a plaza that doesn't have another coffee shop. She's by a hospital. So when I went and visited her, I, I was amazed. I couldn't believe it. There was nurses, there was tons of people sitting in the cafe area having a drink because it was completely separate from the play area. And one of her biggest dreams of revenue is her cafe. So she is open earlier. Um, the cafe does have its own hours because it's it's complete own sort of a side of the business. So it really just depends. Again, that is a main stream of revenue for both Christine and Tell. So you just have to kind of go back to the first point I brought up and say, am I going to rely on a cafe? And not only a cafe, but um, walk-in traffic that is not parents, that is not related to the play area. That's something that you really have to consider. And if your space is really small, um, you know, our space was only 2,500 square feet. Tails is like 7,000 square feet. And her play area is completely closed off away from the cafe, kind of out of sight, out of mind. I know we didn't have a lot of walk-in traffic for the cafe that didn't have children because there was really no separation, right, between our cafe and our play area. So it was loud, it was rambunctious, and people just didn't want to sit and have a coffee date with their friend if they didn't have children um, in our facility. So you also have to kind of consider how you picture your layout. And I know when you're determining your open hours, you might be really early in the game, but it's something that you're going to have to tweak kind of um, as you're going through the process. And something that else that the person who was asking for feedback inside Playmaker Society said just before I forget is she kind of said, you know, a lot of parents have early risers. So they suggested that I open really early, like at 7 a.m. I promise you, even if these people have early rising children, they are not going to be banging down your door at 7 a.m. 
we opened for years at 8.30 and it just didn't work out. The earliest that we would ever expect anyone, even when we opened at 8.30, even when people told us they would come earlier, even when they begged and promised and pleaded for us to open at 8.30, the earliest customers were nine o'clock and our busiest hours were from 10 to 12. Every single day, very consistently, our busiest days for open play were Thursday and Friday and another busy day was Saturday morning. But again, 10 a.m. to 12 a.m. was consistently, no matter what, every season, every day, was our busiest time for open play. So don't let your customers, again, trick you into opening too early because I promise you they will not be beating down your door at 7 a.m. I can absolutely promise you that. Um, all right, the next thing I want you to consider, so now we're at number four, if you're following along, is will your parties be private? So if you are having all of these multiple streams of revenue, so open play, memberships, birthday parties, if you are having private parties, so obviously you're not able to accommodate members, you're not able to accommodate open play during those hours, then you have to really think about, okay, how am I going to prioritize birthday party hours? For us, that looked like only being open from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Um, or 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. We changed it a couple different times for open play on Saturdays, and we were completely closed for open play on Sundays. So we were doing birthday parties all day, but we just weren't open for open play. Did we get a lot of complaints about that? Yes. However, one of the biggest mistakes that an indoor playground owner can make is relying too much on open play. They are low ticket sales. You have to work very hard to get people in the door every single day. Birthday parties are going to be much higher ticket items. It's going to be something that's booked in advance. So it's not weather dependent. It's nothing like that. Um, it's really guaranteed revenue. So we focused on birthday parties. That was our number one source of revenue, our number one priority. So while we did want to give our members, because memberships was our second biggest form of revenue, because we did want to give our members a little bit of open play time on the weekends, we settled on that 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. for open play. It was very, very busy, but very consistent um, for open play on Saturdays. And then we closed the rest of the day Saturday and all day Sunday for birthday parties. And that worked out really, really well for us because again, we had private parties. Now, if you have a private party room or if you're able to stagger parties or accommodate open play during your birthday parties, then obviously it's going to be a little bit different. But when you're determining your hours, that's something that you absolutely need to consider because it's going to have a big impact. All right. Number five, so will recurring revenue or memberships be an integral part of your business? So kind of going back to number one, but really calling out memberships because, you know, I've posted about this probably a hundred times since the pandemic started, but memberships and that recurring consistent revenue is something that is so important for this industry. One of the biggest mistakes I see indoor playground owners make is really sleeping on memberships. We had, we really tried to keep about 100 active members at any given time at Climbing Vines. And that was because, you know, we didn't just pull that number out of the air, right? That was a business decision. I kind of said, I said, I would sleep really good at night if I can at least cover my fixed costs with consistent recurring revenue. So that meant our rent, that meant our utilities, that meant our insurance, anything that we knew what we had to pay monthly. I wanted that to be covered by our memberships. So we kind of did the math. Our average membership price was around $50 a month. So if we had 100 active members at any given time, that's around $5,000 a month. That covered a huge chunk 
if not all of our, because a lot of the memberships were more than $50 for multiple child families. I count one membership as one family membership. So sometimes multiple children, but it was, you know, between five and $7,000 a month that we were making from memberships. If we were at that sweet spot, sometimes we were at a little bit less. Sometimes we had a few more members, but that 100 members was really our sweet spot. And that allowed us to cover all of our fixed costs. And then we were able to cover all of the additional costs, our staff, our owner's compensation. So paying ourselves as owners, because that's really important. We were able to cover all of that with open play, birthday parties, things like that. But that's how we came to that 100 members number. But if that's something that you're going to rely on, if you're going to want to have 50, 100, 200 active members, you're going to need to have enough open play to satisfy them so that people perceive your memberships as valuable. And you're also going to need to be as consistent as possible. Again, I'm repeating myself a lot, but this is really, really important. You can really kind of shoot yourself in the foot when it comes to choosing hours. So please, I'm saying this because I love you guys and I want all of you guys to succeed. Okay, number six, again, kind of circling back to ages. What ages will you accommodate? If you are focusing on that under school age, then you're going to be busiest again from 10 to 12, but mainly between nine and four. That's going to be your bread and butter. I have found, you know, I've done this for many, many years. And even if people say they want to, they want you to be open later, it's really going to be that during the daytime, especially if you're focusing on memberships, if you're focusing on um, stay at home parents or parents who work from home that maybe need to get their kids out of the house or, you know, half of our members were actually nannies or grandparents. So a lot of people say, well, you know, I want to accommodate working parents. Well, you can accommodate working parents and still save your business because one of your biggest costs is going to be your staff. So yes, it's going to make everybody really happy if you're open, you know, 24 hours a day, but you're going to have to pay for those costs. You're going to have to pay for those utilities. You're going to have to pay for that staff. And that's going to be very, very expensive. So my recommendation is if you are accommodating that younger crowd, try just opening one night a week, see how it goes, see how you like it, and then adjust from there. But again, it's going to be the morning is going to be your busiest time. Now, if you accommodate school-age children, then like I said, later bedtimes, they go to school during the day, then you might want to open later. So like 10, 11 a.m., uh, maybe get some homeschool children, uh, things like that, or maybe the older toddlers that are in preschool, maybe they're going to school half days and then open until seven. But you really have to think about the ages of the children that you're going to accommodate, their bedtimes, their school hours, things like that when you're determining your open hours. And then lastly, number seven is who is your ideal customer? So again, for us, it was the babies under four. That was our ideal customer. Again, almost 50% of our members were nannies and caregivers. They weren't necessarily parents. Sure, the parents might come on Saturdays or to our events, or they might book birthday parties, but these grandparents were coming for like a half hour or an hour every single day. Um, our nannies, they were forming nanny friendships. It was really amazing, but that was really our ideal customer or you know, the stay-at-home parent who needs to get out of the house um, for the day. And that was our open play customer, right? Because we're talking really about open play hours. We're not talking about when you're hosting birthday parties. We're not talking about when you're doing ticketed events or things like that. I'm really focusing here on open play hours. So if, if you want to have a facility that constantly gets daycares booking their services for like private rentals, if you want to accommodate the homeschooling crowd, that really wasn't our jam. I really didn't like accommodating daycares or large groups. 
It was generally a very low adult to child ratio. It was complete chaos. Our space just wasn't made for it. So um, what this person who was asking for feedback in the Playmaker Society group said, um, one, of her, one of her justifications for being closed every other morning was like, oh, well, I wanna accommodate groups and I wanna accommodate daycares. And I kind of said, you know, but do you really? Like, they're going to want a huge discount it's going to be a, a lot of kids, not very many adults. They are definitely not going to be able to clean up after themselves. Teachers, bless their hearts, they try their best, but it, they're worried about the kids and their safety and their happiness. They're not worried about your facility. And again, they're going to want a huge discount for coming in as a group. So when people say that, you know, I want to accommodate daycares, I want to accommodate groups, I want to accommodate um, people like that, um, homeschooling groups. That's great, but you have to really, again, think of it from a business perspective. You have to still pay your bills, right? So if you accommodate a younger crowd in the morning, you can kind of have afternoon hours maybe, if that's your slower time. If you're open, like let's say you open your business and you're open nine to four every day. And you notice that you know the little ones aren't really coming in after one o'clock or after two o'clock. Then you can adapt your hours and say, listen, this would be a great time to maybe just two hours a week have open for a homeschooling group or open for um, a, a therapist to come in. We used to have a lot of occupational therapists or speech therapists come in to use our space. That was something that we did in the afternoons because that was our slower time because our busiest time again was from 10 to 12. We were generally open from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. or 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. depending um, on when you asked me because again, like I said, we did make some mistakes with our hours. We did change them a, a couple times. Yes, it was a huge, huge headache every single time we changed the hours. We got a lot of complaints about not being consistent. So again, I'm here so that you can learn from my mistakes. Um, so set your hours, do your best, make these seven considerations, ask yourself these seven questions, and then adapt. See when your slow times are. See when you might be making more money by doing ticketed events, by closing for private events, by accommodating maybe a class or a different, different age group or something like that. But it really has to be a business decision. Do not crowdsource this. This is one of the biggest impacts on your revenue that you can, one of the decisions that makes the biggest impact on your revenue that you're going to be forced to make when you open. So don't take it lightly. It's, it's great to ask for feedback, especially to get people involved, but don't let it come down to what other people want, because again, they're going to ask the most of you. Um, and you just can't, you can't let your business be crowdsourced, right? Because they're not going to be the ones paying the bills for your staff if you have somebody working there and nobody shows up, right? So um, they don't have to sleep at night knowing that they have bills to pay for your business. All right, Playmakers, I hope you found that clip helpful. So your play of the day today is to sit down and really reevaluate your hours and make sure they're completely aligned with your business because seasonal hours can be very tempting. And in some situations, it could definitely boost your business by saving you time and payroll costs. But sometimes consistency is just a little more important. It really depends on how your business is structured. So Again, I hope you found this helpful. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel. The link is in the show notes and I will be right back here tomorrow with a play of the day. And as a quick reminder, if you find these episodes helpful, the best way that you can show support for me or for the show is to leave a rating and a review wherever you are listening. Have a great day, Playmakers. <laughs>